The leader barked a guttural sound which signaled his traveling band to stop. It was dusk, and every tedious minute in the day he had pushed them and exhausted all. The camel under him folded to half its height, first its front, then back legs, until it comfortably sat with its rider atop. The trailing burrow beast copied. The rider climbed off to stretch out his soreness with routine, protracted exercises. And ending his drill, he flexed his back and scratched his head as his tired eyes scanned ahead. Flanked by sheer canyon walls, hundreds of spans apart, the trail went on into the graying light. Jamdor's legacy, he commented to himself. The walls rose and vanished in the hanging mists. The clouds sealed them in and made him uncomfortable. He strained to see where the walls ended, but could find no clear distinction. Wall and ceiling merged into the dim light. As the clouds momentarily cleared, his eyes rested on a crag an hour's right ahead, but impossibly high. An unusual abundance of vegetation had claimed residence on the precipices. A natural garden? he wondered aloud. For several days the crew had survived on the meanest assortment of bitter grasses and spongy mosses that grew along the banks of the stony Magda River, which presently rushed on their left. Though their stored provisions were ample, he had restrained himself to conserve supplies for the ardors beyond the pass, he could almost taste the lush vegetation with its succulent plants and sweet herbs. Though the spectacle inspired his food fantasies, they mixed poorly with his sore and empty stomach. He rubbed his eyes, tried not to think about the unobtainable morsels, and labeled himself a fool for such weak wishes. Well, perhaps there are better tasting herbs up there, he blurted out in frustration to his lead camel. But only a madman and his monkey could reach that height. Catching his breath, he whistled for the cadre to restart their march. With the reins of the lead camel in his hands, he led the tethered group to find a suitable camp in the dim glow of the two moons. However, an hour later, the hanging mist produced a fine drizzle which forced him to stop. The leader fixed a buyer out of the wind for his four-legged mates, attended to them with grass he had pulled and water he had fetched from the passing creek below. Next, he assembled his own makeshift lodging for the wet sleep ahead, like so many recent nights. Indeed, neither he nor his disgruntled animals were accustomed to sleeping in cold rain, but as they rose higher each day, it was all they could expect. Under his waxed awning, he choked down his own meal of leafy moss stewed with dried fish and drank the same cold water as his animals. The edges of the covering were delaminating, thus he remained dry only if he sat upright in the middle of his hard bed. With shaking hands, he pulled out a bent pipe and a worn pouch, from which he packed the bowl with his favorite, McLeish's Golden Spot, a mixture of bright tobacco and the narcotic spinella. The pungent stench of the spinella in the blend told him of his forthcoming release. He hated what was about to happen, the conscious state of defeat. In every battle, a moment exists when a combatant knows no effort of any kind can change the outcome. 
The attic lit the bowl, pulled the smoke into his lungs, and blew out a dreadful silver fog. The hallucinations began. <laughs> <laughs>